just glides inside 50 and hammers it home. Whiteman over his head. Cody Whiteman's kicked a miracle goal. Looking for Van He can go all the way. Straight man to hit the front. For 10 goals, they call him. Welcome to the Salty Bulldog, the podcast that is already trying to find ways to fit its draftees into our best 22 for next year. My name is Matthew Donald, and I have Nick Galea with me as I do every other week. And if you're a fan of the Salty Bulldog, and let's be honest, if you're listening at this time of the year, you most certainly are, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, The Salty Bulldog. You'll be able to find out wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. And there's also social media channels to keep an eye out for during the off-season as well, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and our website as well, www.thesaltybulldog.wixsite.com forward slash home. Nick, welcome back into the hot seat or one of the two hot seats at least. It's been a hectic week, but a generally positive week. Yes, I like to, I like to think so for sure. It's uh, Again, it's always exciting when you get to be able to add another, you know, uh, how would I say, exceptionally talented prospect to the club. It's not every day uh, that you're able to add in, of course, you know, from last year. Uh, you know, a pick one, and then, you know, a season later, a pick two for, for absolute peanuts, you know, re- in retrospect, in terms of the, the modern uh, draft system, which is which has its flaws at times. But I still think that, you know, for the most part, clubs do pay a price, even if they can manipulate the system to an extent. But they still have to, you know, pay up, don't they? And, you know, we've now had back-to-back most expensive ever NGA and uh, father-son uh, bidding-wise for in terms of points. So, yeah, but it's well worth it. You know, we've got the, how would I say, what are they called? The uh, the cornerstones or such. You might have to give me the word here. The the prospects that will build, have the building blocks for, for our future, not only for the flags for next year, which is going to happen, and uh, the prospects from 2025, 26 onwards too, you know. All those things are set in stone and it's, it's looking really good. That's why it's always very exciting to welcome in the new talent because we hope that the young men that we've added to our list in the past week will be there when we're next winning a premiership. That's the that's the objective. So let's have a quick look through the, the names. This will be fairly similar to last week's episode in that uh, hopefully it's a bit of a shorter one, uh, just sort of a bit of an in and out, get through it really quickly, uh, but also provide you with a bit of an insight into to what's going on here. So... Let's just review the players that we've brought in. And we've got to start with the main man, even though we spoke a lot about him last week. But it is official now. A third-generation Bulldog in Sam Darcy arrives at the club. Bid made it pick two by the Giants. Off the back of uh, North Melbourne selecting Horn Francis with pick one. But then the Bulldogs actually making the early move on draft night with a couple of trades. Nick, I'm not sure if you're following the, the draft that closely. But the first not bit a of lot. Action... I was I was at training actually that <laughs> night cricket training, but I was trying to kick tabs. But uh, no, you're right. You had probably a bit more, uh, probably both eyes on it. I think more so than me. The yeah. So we we instigated the first bit of action of the night rather than North Melbourne. So we swapped around picks with Geelong. Uh, picks we gave them pick twenty three in exchange for thirty two and thirty four from them. So I think that gave us an extra, might have been an extra hundred points, an extra two hundred, might have been an extra, an extra three hundred points maybe. 
Uh, and then we made a trade with North Melbourne. Uh, so pick 32 and 52 went to North Melbourne. We received pick 42 and 47. You might think, we might wonder rather what the Bulldogs were doing there because that was a that was a loss in points overall. So I think we had about a plus 200 points yeah, okay. considering uh, the two trades. That one there. That there one were there. also... So the um, North Melbourne won 711 points for us, that is, and yep. 811 for them. But yep. it's interesting because we've still got to look again, for next year's draft too. We've got all these father-sons still coming through. I believe it's Croft's son for next year. Okay. So at this current rate, uh, he's probably maybe a mid-second. And by the end of the season, he'll probably be again a top three top prospect three. and we'll have to pay <laughs> yeah. up again. So um, we'll have to see what happens there. And um, Just yeah, on next year's draft, just on next year's draft, in that exchange as well with North Melbourne, there was a swap of future third round picks. Which is so, very, very good to have, actually. You'd be, you would. Which should be at the opposite ends of the ladder, you'd, you'd think. Hopefully, yep. That's, uh, that, hopefully that's obviously the aim. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> us around first, not 18th, because that still counts as opposites, of course. So. Well, it's not, a, it's not a massive pick. We're not talking potential top five pick here, but certainly one to keep an eye out on as, as 2022 plays out. So they're backing whoever plays North. I would imagine. But Sam, Sam Darcy, is a, it's a relief finally just to, to get it done. It, it was a fair complete. It was very much like Eugle Hagen last year. We all knew that it was going to happen. It was just waiting for that time where we can officially confirm it. This is really exciting. I, mean, I think I, and I said this to you, Nick, during during the week. I said, I think I'm almost as excited for Darcy's arrival as, as I was for Eugle Hagen's. And I was really excited about Eugle Hagen's arrival for what it's worth. But now what you've got with Darcy, and we spoke a lot about it in terms of his ability to play at, at whatever end of the ground, but I, I can see a long-term future there with Norton, Eugle Hagen, and Darcy in that, in that forward line. Oh, stop it, Matt, right there. Oh, my God, that's something to, again, not only to build with and something to not only to work with, but it's something that can actually, and hopefully, anyhow, uh, destroy teams you know it, it's it's amazing the actual stockpile of you know tall timber that we've that we've now got and it's not just filling up the spots for the sake of it you know these guys are still kids some of them too i can't believe norton's only what next year will be his fifth season which is incredible yeah. and the impact that he's made in his first four the other two guys of course um thought jamari obviously didn't have a lot of football um in 2020 or barely no football sorry in 2020 and um, you know, spurts this year. And he had a bit of comments about himself, thinking that he um, was a bit behind the eight ball there too. But that's something that Darcy isn't because he was fortunate to have that sort of football coming in from in 2021. So he's probably more ready-made. He's still behind in terms of, you know, maybe preparation and such and other things. But I'd probably be thinking he probably at least could get a few games still under his belt next year, if not at the minimum match Jamara's. Uh, five match hall in this season. What do you, what do you suppose from that? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting comparison because that, that's what it is effectively a comparison between where Jamara was at this time last year and where Sam Darcy is now. I could certainly understand and and see that why people would think Darcy is is more ready made. In fairness, he's had his interruptions throughout the year as well. Um, he's certainly not uh, he's certainly not different to Jamara in in that respect. Um. I suppose, I suppose if, if Jamara, and he spoke about this uh, as well, if he thinks that his starting point was behind where it should be, um, then that certainly puts a strong case for Darcy being more ready-made. Ready-made, the term itself as well, is quite a, can be a quite a loose one as well because he 
it's not. This is the Sam Darcy that rocks up to uh, day one of preseason, potentially round one of, of next year in those early matches. Is not going to be the very best Sam Darcy that we ever get to see, hopefully. Um, but if in terms of a base, I think if he's got, if, if he's if he's fitness wise, ready to go. That's already I'd say so. That's I would all, suggest it would be. That's already a big step ahead of Jamara, who was in who was whose lack of fitness, shall we say, I think this was suggested by you, was compensated by the um or the presence the of Josh Bruce. Exceptional gut running that Bruce and yeah, even probably Norton too. I think Norton's got a very underrated tank as well. And even from our mids yeah. too, because a lot of those players that we've got would definitely be touching high 80% in, uh, and even the key position players. Uh, they'd be probably playing 95, 96, some of them, like Cordy, for instance, and Gardner too, which is what um, was a strong reason as to why Gardner played a lot too when he was when he was fit. Um, that he could stay on the ground, couldn't he? You know, minimum yeah. 98, 99% of a match too, not even worrying about the bench there. Where does Bruce, uh, sorry, uh, where does Darcy play next year if he is getting a, if he is getting a game early? There's a spot in that forward line. Obviously, with Bruce going down, Jamara wants it. There's the wild card in Shaki who can be played just about anywhere on the ground. What about what about Darcy? Again, it's it's very interesting with Darcy because we know he can play all over the ground. So it's the idea is trying to work out first of all where is he best suited. Personally, I still don't think he's best suited as a forward. Even though he's kicked a six, I don't think he's best suited as a forward. Not at this then? point in time. I still think he's got the making of a key defender, which could really, you know, set things up quite nicely well, too. That, that solves the, the, spot, the same problem. Twenty nine ish too. Thirty now. Yeah, around that. They still got plenty, plenty of years because he's, you know, you know, barely he started late. Surface in football. He started late. So you should hopefully get at least another four years out of Keith minimum. Um, but we'll see. You know, we put the moz on him before, so we'll see what happens now. <laughs> yeah, the last time we spoke about Keith in such glowing terms in Anwell, <laughs> so we not we might well. we might stop there. We better move on because there are actually other players that we took in the draft, and we need to, to go down to pick forty three, which is actually a very successful pick for the Bulldogs in their history. Lindsay Gilby in nineteen ninety nine, Wood in two thousand and seven, and Arthur Jones in two thousand and twenty one. Now. I mentioned to you the idea of redemption and the uh, and and the video game Red Dead Redemption Two. Well, I don't know if you if you ever took my advice and went on to play that game, Nick. I'm guessing by the laugh you didn't. Um, I'm also laughing at other things. I'm thinking, I like this. We've replaced a Premiership captain in Eastern Wood with a potential Premiership captain. And I say this with no idea whether Arthur can captain or not. But imagine that. Pick 43. It seems to work with me, I tell you that. Well, the reason I, I go to Red Dead Redemption 2, the protagonist in that one, his name was also Arthur in that brilliant game that you need to play, Nick. The, uh, the name Arthur is a very uncommon one. Certainly amongst Footscray Rags. Do you know the last Bulldog to represent the club of the first name Arthur was Nick? It can't be Oliver, surely. Not that, that far back. Not that Not far, far back. I'm thinking that's a... I was a King Arthur, I wonder. We can call him King. There you go. King Arthur. We can call him King Arthur. That can be his name. Well, it's not Arthur Oliver, but it is very close. Arthur Edwards, Premiership Ruck Rover, around 14, 1960 was the last time he played. So it's been 61 years since the Bulldogs have last had an Arthur represent the club. 
I like this. This is really strange. So it's been so, that long since we've had an Arthur on you know, on a list, but there were four Joshes taken in the first round of the draft last week. <laughs> it's amazing how that rolls, doesn't it? Arthur Jones was taking a pick 43, as I say, definitely a bit of a bolter. So he played 10 matches for Claremont, averaged 12.6 disposals. So not a lot of the ball. I'm guessing he's more of an impact player. He played for Western Australia in a curtain raiser to the grand final of the game that we shan't mention uh, earlier this year. He had 16 disposals and two goals. He was among the best for WA. Uh, he was also second in the state for the endurance at the draft combine. So he his 2K time trial, he did it in six minutes and 30 seconds. Lightly built as well as Arthur at 179 centimetres and 65 kilos. And for 65 kilos to be lightly built, that certainly makes me feel a lot better about he, myself. He still weighs he still weighs one more kilo than me, which is incredible. <laughs> you think he weighs two kilos less than me? I think I'm 67. What's wrong with us? I'll tell you this, but we've well, we got to really put on something. I tell I'm, you, man. Well, if he's lightly built, as I say, I'm fine with that. I feel a lot more better about my uh, my body image now. Oh, that's it. That's what we talk about here. We've got to pump each other up. All right. Well, that's King Arthur. Now, I better move on to pick 61, which was the third and final pick of the national draft, Luke Cleary. So he is a tallish defender, third tall. So he's 190 centimeters, averaging 20 disposals and at 82% efficiency in the seven games that he played for the Sandringham Dragons this year. He also had trials for Vic Metro across the halfback flank. And for the Dragons' best and fairest account, he finished runner-up only to Finn Callahan, who went uh, one pick after Darcy, pick three in, in the draft. Yeah. You know, I'm noticing something here. That's really good, though, seriously, because Callahan, obviously, obviously he's a gun. Yeah, I mean, word of yeah. the means. But that's really interesting to see the contrast you know, you do exceptionally well for your, what do they call it now? The NAB League. I was going to call it the TAC yes, again. The NAB um, for the NAB League. And there's a difference of 58 picks between the two. The first it's and second, yeah. wasn't it? It is. No, it's, mm. it, it's very interesting. You know, I'm noticing as well with the list changes that the Bulldogs have, have made. They've lost Lewis Young. They have lost Easton Wood. They've gone in and brought in Tim O'Brien. Don't forget Lipinski as well. Well, I'm just sort of looking at, at who they're bringing in. They've, they're, so they've, in terms of like like where they are on the, the ground, swaps, so yeah. they've lost Easton Wood, they've lost Lewis Young, they've gone and replaced them with Tim O'Brien, and now they've gone and got Luke Cleary. So they really wanted. So they see that sort of third tall stocks. They've recognised that they've been depleted, and they're going to bolster them. Do you think that that? I'm glad that they're bolstering those stocks because we like our intercepting types or. We need them rather than above. we like them. Yeah, we, we probably adore them and a bit more. We're probably infatuated with them, I think. Um, do you think that speaks a bit maybe about a, potentially a lack of confidence per se in in Crozier or just a bit more insurance for him? Because obviously we'd assume the spot next year would probably be his once again in Eastern Woods position for, for other things and let O'Brien play as a uh, – as as a key defender of sorts, or again, an intercepting key defender. Whether we play three key defenders is another question too. But do you suspect that's probably a bit potentially on the on the agenda for that? See, a bit of insurance for them? Well, for they Crozier probably, and a bit of trust in him? Well, if you're losing Wood and Young, you'd probably want to grab that insurance anyway, regardless of, of what sort of form Crozier was in. The other thing I'll, I'll say about Crozier is he's not overly tall. 
He's not a, he's not a third a tall. He, though? he does, very much like Easton Wood, but you wouldn't class Easton Wood as a third tall either. No, but he could he could he, he's height, legitimately he's, he's reached, as one. His leap compensates for it, but he's not mm. a like O'Brien is a third tall. Lewis Young is a third tall. Luke Cleary is a third tall. I think I described 190 centimeters. Um, I think I described Sam Darcy as a third tall despite 205 centimeters. <laughs> you you did do that last, last week. week yes. I, Wood, I, I think that was more for the for the role. More yeah, so yeah, you did. You, you did clarify yeah. that. I mean, it is interesting. How though. tall would the it's, first tall be? <laughs> but it's weird. Like people would have thought that too. People, I remember eight years ago, maybe earlier, would have been saying, "Yes, yeah, Stringer can play as a key forward." He was 191 centimetres, 192 centimetres. Even Cramery was about 189, and he played as a key forward for us. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, dear God. But I, I like what they, they've done in terms of they've recognised, not only they recognised that we needed a, an intercepting tool, and O'Brien is an intercepting tool, not a key tool. And I think there is a, there is a difference now, so that's just, I just want to highlight that as well. And they've recognised that those... There's more intercepting tools across the comp too, doesn't there? Well, it's, it's, a, it's an attack is the best form of defence sort of thing now. I mean, every club... Which is club, what Beveridge does base his defence off. The only problem was we were the only club in the top four that didn't have a genuine intercepting defender. We had one. He just wasn't played as one, unfortunately. That's... And that, of course, is uh, Alex Keefe, but he's become a real, no, really yeah. good key defender as it is, isn't he? Yeah, we so it's just a matter of unleashing him. Yeah. Somehow. I don't know how they're going to be able to unleash him because he's a really good number one key defender. Just imagine how good he'd be if he was released. You know, could Darcy What it could allow him. us to do. Could Darcy release him? Okay, so we're going to move Darcy. This is not to, this is not to, to say anything. So we can move Darcy from being a third tall to a first tall in a matter of one week. They can do it. Well, Lock down on the on the key forwards. He's tall enough. He's got uh, he's got the height. Well, but is, is he is what's he? His, what's his reach like? I wonder. Well, I mean, I at two hundred five centimeters. Yeah, his, I'd say be able to get span. to most places. I don't know what his wingspan is. That's Remember, what I'm going for. That's what this, I'm going at. Here. This takes me back to the very first episode that we did at the start of the year with the A3 podcast, and you all laughed at me because I I noted that Fergus Green had very long arms. I laugh at you anyway. So. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> you also, oh, that, that's ridiculous. So you, you make the point of him having long arms. Now you want to know Sam Darcy's wingspan. Hey, well, it's just as, like as Steve Carell said, about long goalposts. As Steve Carell once said, on. well, well, how the turntables. Ah, uh, yes, that is a fine, fine show. I still haven't watched The Office as much, but I'll tell you, our good mate here, Eric, has uh, brought that up to me before. And I think, yeah, so I'll have to give this a sus at one point just, in time. Just proves that the, the wingspan is, is a very important measurement and a very underutilized one in this game. Mm. Like, because it's a big deal in basketball. It is. It's, it's huge. Why is it not it such a big deal here? Place. Surely you'd want to know what a player's reach is, particularly for like key defenders, key forwards, and, and, and Ruckman. Well, it's I should just say tall. You take you, the mark at the highest point, but the ball at the highest point is never where the mark is taken. Ironically, isn't it? No, it's where the player's highest point is, not where the ball is. I get. I know. I know. I. I know. I sort of. I try to instigate a lot of movements through this podcast, but that that's one we've got to. That's definitely one that we've got to, to look at. Trying to We're focusing on hashtag wingspan here. Everyone. Wingspan Hall of Fame. We uh, will be yeah, up that's shortly. What we can do. Uh, let's you move on to the two. I think. Let's move on to the rookie draft. So we had two picks in the rookie draft. We had a pre-selected listing 
and a rookie elevation. So there's a lot going on and not a lot of it makes any sense, but we will uh, try to get through it. So the first pick, we pick 17. Now there's not much known about Charlie Parker in terms of numbers, aside from the fact that he's a tall midfielder. He's 193 centimetres and 85 kilos. So I think he's got Arthur Jones, uh, King Arthur covered in the strong room. Nine games for Sturt, but he missed a lot of the second half of the year um, due to injury. I will say this. He moves a lot like Bontempelli. Yeah, we say it. He did he say does. it. He does. Now, that I'm not I'm not suggesting that Charlie Parker is... He's is also gonna... the same height, isn't he? Oh, my God. Now, I'm, I'm Brownlow not... confirmed, premiership confirmed, three-time, no, four-time best and fairest confirmed coming up right here. I'm not going to suggest that Charlie Parker will get 33 Brownlow votes next year. and The lid get, is off. And get 25 and three in a grand final. Because he doesn't, I'm not saying he plays like Bontempelli, but the way he covers the ground is very similar. The way he you're moves. Talking, you're not talking running patterns. You're talking just how he actually travels across the ground. Yeah. Pretty much. Like it's very similar to Bontempelli. You're saying he glides. I don't. I think he does. Yeah, I okay, think so it's, you're it's, saying he does. He have a basketball background too. You know, Scott <laughs> Pendlebury has one. So we've got to throw in here too. I think. I think he's got a cricket background, actually, Charlie Parker. Oh, um, not bad. Not bad. So we could I use wonder, him this weekend. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I wonder if he's got good reach, especially with his cover drives. That's. Oh, I, I. That's just what I was. I can get on well with him there. I mean, he's. He's. It was very when I was watching him play, watching the the highlights of him, and I know it's not a lot to go on, and it's very easy to get carried away by little tidbits here and there, but it was very pleasing on the eye to watch the way he moves. That's good. That is nice to say. I'll it looks like, it looks like a focus on that. It looks like a natural, naturally moving footballer, which will be it's very busy. exciting. It will be busy a tough player. midfield to crack into, but we did say the exact same thing about Anthony Scott and Lockie McNeil when they were arriving this time last year. So they who were knows? important players, you know, for what they were. They they have a spot there for them. Absolutely. I think definitely there's a there is a genuine um position on the ground for McNeil next year if he wants it. I know absolutely and, and of got course Vandermeer's still training with the forwards too. They they all returned today. Well, the first of four years returned and a couple of other players as well. Duray, Libba, Shaki. And so. a couple of injured players back up are running Josh Bruce Bruce on the was it the the Alter Alter G? The anti, yeah, it's the like an anti gravity running machine or something like that. And yeah. Cody Waitman out of the moon boot. Yep. Fantastic stuff there, of course. But a little bit ahead of schedule, apparently, I think they say. So, Even and I, yeah, we'll I think that, that sort of, I think that forward sort of spot is why they wanted Arthur Jones. I mentioned Paul Curtis last week. He ended up getting picked up by North Melbourne, but they, they went and got Arthur Jones instead. So they, they really want to bolster that small forward. Uh, their small forward stocks mm. and they're intercepting their sort of third tall intercepting stocks. And I think they've mm. done really well with that. They have though, and I haven't been able to find audio of this, but they've gone and done it again. Nick. And I've predicted this throughout the whole season. Bulldogs have stuck their hand in the foot scrape cookie jar again. And they've uh, come away with what, Robbie what McCoon. Type of cookies? Foot scrape cookies. I don't know. Oh, specifically Footscray cookies. They, well, I said they, they dipped their hand into the into the Footscray cookie jar. Yeah, no, what they, are they coated with? They will potassium benzoate or something. Footballing abilities, hopefully, um, not in every case, but uh, in some cases. This Imagine time if they came with a frogget. They've plucked out. <laughs> you got to stop. They've plucked out Robbie McComb. So he played every match in the shortened VFL season this year for Footscray, the undefeated campaign for 
Looks good. Now he's a mature age as well. He's 25. Average 25 and a half disposals, four and a half marks, four and a half tackles. He was also, and this will make it the second consecutive best and fairest winner for Footscray to find themselves on the senior list in the subsequent season. So Anthony Scott won the best and fairest in 2019 for Footscray. No VFL in 2020. And now this year, Robbie McComb has won the best and fairest for Footscray. Also found himself in the team of the year for the VFL. So as a rover, I believe. Did kick five goals too as well. So it's nice to have a you know goal-kicking midfielder of sorts. We've got... We've got some of them, but that's not, not to say that McComb, um, you know, is, is a natural at that. But it is nice to have, you know, goals coming from the midfield course too, especially as we're still trying to to gel that uh, that forward setup or rejig it to an extent. So you know, there are players that we probably didn't expect to to see make a name for themselves last year. Of course, you mentioned Neil and and Scott and, and even that will Gardner surprised a lot of us too there. So. We'll I wasn't, what, uh, well, wasn't uh, he could play, surprised by Gardner. Surprised in the sense that that he was able to to be seen as a as an important loss when he was injured because his impact was felt at times. And he had again, here we go. He had very good reach, which means he must have some, you know, fine wingspan or whatever the heck we want to talk about it on this podcast here. Wingspan. 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 Yes. This yeah. will be the new trend, I think. He and speaking of Gardner. Um, McComb joins a burgeoning list of currently listed Bulldogs players who have, have begun an, an apprenticeship at Footscray and found themselves on the senior list. So McComb, Ryan Gardner, uh, Mitch Hannon, uh, via a little detour, and Scott. This uh, Footscray footy factory is becoming, uh, becoming quite successful, actually. I kind of wonder that too, because I swear that I thought Scott might have been on Richmond's VFL list at a time. I think, really not the Richmond, no, not the Richmond AFL list at all, but Chappie, yeah, the VFL program. And who else have we had? Yes, we've had Gowers came from Carlton, didn't he? Though? Gowers, Gowers was on Carlton's list to begin with, the senior list. AFL then he joined Footscray, yeah. and it then did, he did. came to us. Yep. Yes, I still remember that watching that game against uh, what was it Essendon in the elimination final. For, for, for Footscray there. I mean, yes, this guy could do all right in our list. And for what he was, he had a handy, again, for a rookie pick and such, he was a handy player for those three years, even if he did a, almost make you um, try to try to win completely. Try to be the first Bulldog to win a game for the Gold Coast. Yes, uh, that was a, still one of the most incredible weird passes I've seen. And back at Footscray, Cody Rock, a name we've been mentioning for years, Yes, finally got him. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're, yes. actually, we're absolutely fist pumping here. It's taken a long time. And we've finally. been wondering why, why haven't we taken him? He's, he's even put himself up in so he's put himself up in what at least the past two mid-season drafts, the pre-seasons, the last year's draft been so, overlooked. He got even overlooked in the national draft, even so, in the rookie draft, and then he's you know just said, Yeah, we'll take him now for nothing. <laughs> the dogs we'll knew be- what they were doing all along. Crying out for years, and Sony near misses and drafts. We've worried about other clubs, other clubs picking him up. We finally got him. Nick, it's a bit like I'm, uh, I'm dead set. I was actually terrified. Not that I don't want the player to to go into the draft, like even earlier this year for like the supplementary and such. But yeah. the thought of him getting picked up by another team actually scared me. Yeah, it wasn't. I, mean, wasn't I actually want him big time at at the talks, and hopefully he can do well. Well, Nick, we've got our wish. He did say last year he spoke to the recruiters when they told him that they weren't going to pick him up, 
He said he's determined. He was determined to prove them all wrong. Uh, well, he has. Uh, at least if he is going to prove them wrong, he's not going to do it with another club. He's going to do it with us. So he played three games of footscray in the VFL. Um, this year again he also played six games for the western jets in the nab league he averaged 20 disposals and four and a half marks again 191 centimeters so he is sort of that player that can be that third tall and a a potential interceptor as well i think i can't remember the exact numbers but his first few games for the jets this year were absolutely off the charts something like around the, the numbers of maybe i don't know 140 five-ish or more, um, what do you call it? Not super coach points, but those types of champion points or whatever they'd like to give out right, to let's, let's just Let's just set one thing very clear here. Champion data ranking points and super coach that's points the one. are exactly that's the, one. the same. Oh, thank you. Now, that's Fox, what, that, the fo- that's the what Fox, he was at. The Fox footy lab just like to use champion data ranking points because if they call them super coach points, they just look like nerds. <laughs> there is no difference between them. They are exactly the same. That's what we want here. Uh, now, just with uh, one other thing with Rark as well, he is the third Bulldog to graduate to the club through the Next Generation Academy system alongside Bukakamas and Jamara Yugelhagen. So it just goes to show that the system is completely rorted and uh, only benefits the Bulldogs and no other I club. Didn't even, I didn't even know that Rack is apparently a Caroline Springs fella. He is. He is from Caroline. I did not know that. That's amazing. Do. That's only 10 minutes from me. Incredible. He was also named in the under nine or the Vic Metro under nineteen team this year, and he played in. On how about this? I know we love our sponsorship here, Nick. We love we love we love being quite clear on the sponsorship. He was he played in the Colgate Young Guns match in May this year. Colgate. Oh no. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're McLean showing. We should get Toby to be the spot to be the main advocate for that. Imagine that. Oh, There's goodness. another one right there. Good God. Well, that's the that's that's the draft wrap. Up. What would you what would you give it? What would you give it a grade out of? Again, I know it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mm, dumb question to ask, but in uh, terms of what you were wanting, when so let's judge it out on on what you were wanting. Right. And and what, what you ended want? up what did what you end up getting? What did I want? Yes, the need for another interceptor. That's a tick. The idea that we've been able to get in a lot more poise, or at least hopefully. We believe that there's a bit more poise added down back with some neck foot skills by Cleary. We've got a bit of midfield coverage there. We've got some capable players that have been like like McComb, who already knows our system, you know, which is very good and amazing thing to have at Footscray, but they know what to expect. And then add in Darcy right there. Um, I'm just trying to wonder what is there to make me not give it an A+. Because I've definitely given it an A. I'm just wondering whether I give it an A plus or not. Is it a genuine key defender? I s- there because are again, again, there was the, thought we need a one, but that still to me isn't the reason as to why this year fell away that it did. And again, as I've, and I've, as I've said before, I'd rather than forego picking up a player in a particular position. You know, if it, if if it, if it's not going to actually help. I was just saying it with a ruckman. There's during the trade period. There's no point bringing in a ruckman if it's not going to actually work. And I don't know. I'm, Sam Darcy was the clear best tall in the draft pool last year. So getting him is a massive tick. Or there were year. no, or this year rather, sorry, there were no real standout key defenders 
what was his name? We've got to find his name actually again. Uh, where are we? He's at Richmond now. Joshua uh, Gibkus. He's the only oh, yeah. key defender that could have, but he's he was never going to go in the top five. Um, but and no, you weren't going to you weren't going to sacrifice for, to Darcy for him either. Oh no, no, unless unless let's say we didn't have pick seventeen and we didn't have the, the points proposed to be able to pull off the Darcy deal, I probably would have looked to down trade then and try to go for for Gibkus. That's again if we didn't have such things in place or weren't able to and however it works. But you know, Darcy was always the priority and very 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 happy to to have him. Not just because of the name, but again, it's a it's a huge piece of the puzzle, not only for for twenty twenty two, but the building blocks for the back end of this decade too. That they're that they're set in stone. You know, that's what we want to do. Imagine you know seeing a seeing these guys run around with the thirty with a 30-year-old Bontempelli and all these other blokes that are still there playing good football. And then they're coming into their prime too. Still be, sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's going to be very, very exciting to watch. So just final word, Nick, A or A+. plus. What's the one between that? I can't think of one. There's nothing in between it, so let's just do it. Let's finish this on a high. We'll give it an A+, plus for the sake of it. Through the genius of the wizard, Sam Power. Excellent. Love it. That is going to be it from us for the foreseeable future on the Salty Bulldog, given that there'll be very little to talk about. In the meantime, if you want to listen to any of our episodes throughout the course of the year, they're all available wherever you get your podcasts. There's also our social media channels. We'll be keeping you up to date with all the latest Western Bulldogs news to occur during the off-season on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our website, www.thesaltybulldog.wixsite.com forward slash home. Hopefully, Nick and I can find the impetus to write a couple of articles Uh, during the off season, but that is going to be it from us until then. Nick, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for your time across the year 2021 and the off season. Always been a blast, Matt. To all of our listeners, wherever you've been tuning in around the world, we really do appreciate your ears and your support throughout the year. We look forward to seeing you all again sometime very soon, but until then, take care.